Hello and welcome to the uh, the sort of final in-season French Football Weekly podcast. Uh, I say in-season because who knows how many we'll do of these over the summer. I'm sure we'll do plenty. Uh, Welcome. Welcome. Exactly. It might not be as regular in terms of all summer, but we'll see. We've all got lives. I know that's hard to believe. You all think we live in caves and just watch lots of screens, don't you, listeners? Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Chris, and uh, tonight I've got the the trio back together to discuss the final day of the Ligue 1 season and have a look at teams of the season. So good evening to Phil. Hello. And good evening to Rich. Good evening. And good evening to Jez. Hello. Hello there. Uh, right then, let's, uh, let's jump in two-footed, like a Lee Catamol tackle, into uh, Ligue 1's final round, which was, of course, last weekend. Um, we're going to focus, obviously, on the race at the bottom, because that was essentially where all the drama was. Uh, Jez, I'm going to come to you first. Talk me through, Khan, the uh, indestructible, Rich said. Uh, they can't go down, Rich said. We all know what they're like, Rich said. Um, and then oh, they went to I'm glad I cursed Yeah, exactly. And then they went and lost at home to Bordeaux. Um, Jez, thoughts? What, uh, what went wrong? And um, are, we, are we surprised by this uh, outcome of events, if you will? Uh, yeah, massively surprised. If, you, if you'd said it sort of six weeks ago or two months ago that, that Con were going to go down, um, wouldn't have raised an eyebrow at all. But partly because of the much better form that they've been in in recent weeks and also the dire form that Bordeaux have been in, coming off six straight defeats, this one looked like uh, pretty much a banker for Con. Um, you know, if, they, if they'd maintained their form and, and Bordeaux had Bordeaux sort of maintained theirs, then you'd have seen Caen comfortably winning, and the only question was by, by how many. So for them to just not turn up, especially at home, was, was a big shock. And it wasn't that Bordeaux particularly played well. They did what they needed to do, and actually they, they were pretty comfortable. Caen just showed absolutely nothing, really. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's very strange. I mean, they don't have spoken several times before about how they don't necessarily have the greatest team all the way through but there's some there's some decent warriors there and in a one-off match especially the way they fought to get themselves into contention to save themselves you'd have you'd have expected them to to come through it relatively easily and, and for so many of those players not really to turn up on the day is in a way it is shocking again because it's coin lots of ways it's not because for two or three seasons now they've been poor but when it's really mattered at the end of the season they've always shown up and, and this time yeah I mean they, they made a lot of pundits look very silly because I think of the three matches that, that sort of mattered this is probably the one that most people would have said yeah home banker and, mm. and uh, yeah didn't turn out that way and then they'd have been wrong yeah yeah mm. exactly um, come on then Rich defend yourself um, <laughs> I mean not only did did Khan go down they went down with a bit of a whimper um, and you know if you looked at the fixtures on the final games of the season and you said okay who would you like at home now obviously yes you know everyone's going to say Gangomp or one of the bottom sides but a side like Bordeaux who've literally been on the beach for about a month and a half maybe two months who are clearly waiting for a summer shake-up, you'd have said, yeah, I bought over home. Yeah, I like my chances. I mean, I watched most of it, and I just never really felt like can't ever... Uh, maybe a, a bit of a patch where they, they looked threatening for a bit, but it just never convinced me. What what do you have to say for yourself in your defence? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It's... I, I've you know I spoke to a lot of people who who watch a lot of league and football and I've not met anyone who didn't think Khan would do enough and and get the result that they needed. Um, everybody was backing Khan to do it, and and maybe maybe that's what 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 got to them. You know that actually there was almost an expectation on this. They've been in scenarios like this before in the last two seasons. They've needed points and they've come up against PSG and got them. Um, they were going into this game and you could arguably have said they were, they were, they were almost a favourite. You know, the torrid form that Bordeaux were in, um, the fact that, that Calm were in, you know, 
the box seat, if you like, of those those two places that were were up for grabs in terms of the playoff or automatic relegation. Calm were in the box seat, and I think maybe that that just got to them. I think they froze. It, it wasn't it wasn't the worst performance in the world. Um, they created chances, but as we've seen throughout the season, they've got no one to convert them. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's been the story of their season. If if as as far as just sheer lack of quality in front of goal. Um, and, and that's what's cost them. They, they froze on the big time. It's not, it's not the fighting, battling Khan that we've seen of seasons before. It was a, a timid, nervous, fairly weak, fairly limp Khan. And, and I think probably limp is the word. They just sort of limped out, really, of, of, of the division. And to be honest, I, I don't see a, a quick way back for them. No, no, because no, the, the few sellable assets you'd imagine will be sold. Um, speaking of uh, of those results, they felt they might get Govanek in there. Yeah, well, there is there is that. Um, we'll we'll certainly discuss managerial change because there seems to be a lot of change potentially going going on this summer. It's going to take me to October to work out who's managing. Who. It is going to it is going to be a bit like that, isn't it? Um, what you can work out though is on the final day, yes, Khan lost, but Dijon uh, needed to get a result. Um, certainly, uh, what they got was exactly what they needed in the end. Came a, from behind. Exactly. Um, Showed that spirit that Khan were well from 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 level. Uh, they went didn't, they went ahead, didn't they? And then they were level, and then no, they got. Um, Dika scored first for Toulouse. I'm looking at the wrong bloody week. Sorry. Yes, yeah, I apologize. Then City <laughs> equalised, and then there was a horrible moment when Tavares scored. It was ruled out for offside. Then it went to VAR. Then it was overturned, and it was like. <gasps> Drama, drama, you drama. I imagine the blood pressure of that stadium was significantly high. But I'm very happy that Dijon at least have a chance to stay up because they have, they've not been as fun as last year, which is to a degree been down to uh, injury absences and stuff. But they are st- they're still a better team to watch than Kong. Um I was in trying to do my team of the season, uh, scraped out the uh, goal and assists uh, stats off the keep, and can't have just there are nine people involved in their goals overall the season, and they didn't score very many. At least Gangon and Dijon had more people involved. They were they were you know, more in there. They showed more vim, I think. And uh, having players like Slitty and Quan, I'm just happy that they have a chance to stay up. So they're playing, I think, Lance at the moment. Yes, I'm um, frantically looking at the score. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, so it's it's just getting the score. Okay. So this is the playoff between uh, Lance, who have come through uh, the playoff, the weird playoff system they have in League Deux, um, who are playing off home and away against Dijon tonight, Thursday, and I think Sunday is the second leg to see who gets that spot. So that's going to be very tense after what they've gone through but I'm happy that Dijon have that chance as opposed to Caen because Caen never I never watched a match featuring them and thought oh I'll keep watching this yeah it's I I should say to dear listeners, I'm not the first to get my Toulouse's and my Strasbourg's mixed up. Trust me. This is what happens when you have multiple tabs open. But you're absolutely right to come from behind to Dijon to win. And so there's, I'm like stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of this playoff fixture because um, I kind of want Lons to stay where they are for obvious reasons. Uh, but then there's sort of the old, the old, uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, it, it's kind of just a they have come through. I mean, they they were fifth in Ligue 2, so the first playoff they had to play was against fourth place Paris FC, mm. and they won that on penalties. Then they had to play um, Troyes, 
who were the third place yeah. team in Ligue 2 and they won that 2-1. So, you know, they've fought really well, but as I said, I'm happy that it's Dijon who's got this chance to stay up rather than Con. I think the uh, the word I was looking for was like the traditionalist in me or the, the sort of the soft side of me would quite like to see a club, you know, of Lonsai's back. But equally, you know, Dijon, they, they entertained so much last season. Not I mean, they fun. have this year as well. But yeah, yeah. they are a fun club. And last season, they were they were more than this. Not, not as fun as before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still think Slitty, Juan... Um, They've got some really good players. Slitty mm. did, did nothing all season, so he might be fun, but you could say, well, he deserved to go down for being extremely poor. Mm. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? There's a for and against sort of argument into, into both bargains. The, the only reason I'd like Lons to come up is because I'm not a fan of this playoff system. I, mm. I'd much it's... rather just have three up, three down. Yeah, But that's um, another reason why I very much wouldn't like Lons to go up. But for the obvious reasons, <laughs> I think that's it's really, really, say. I think it's really cruel cool on Trois, who that's by true. far, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, we sh- we should just touch. Um, I don't want to go into too much depth because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, team of the season, etc. But I did just want to quickly touch on Monaco as well because they they did survive in the end, um, but they also had a period of time where things could easily have gone wonky mm. for them as well. They lost 2-0 to Nice. Um, my notes on this game say fuck-ups elsewhere made me safe. Yeah. It's almost like staying up by default, pretty, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Rich, let me come to you on this one, first of all. There, there's, a, there's a lot of discussions abound between certain AC Milan executives and a certain Leonardo Jardine. Um He's come in and he's, uh, you know, he, he's had a lovely, basically he's had a lovely old season. Um, <laughs> you know, took started with Monaco, basically said, well, you've sold all my players, so I'll do my best. Uh, got fired, quote unquote, carried on getting paid and living in the south of France, the Riviera. Um, then came back, did the job, basically he was asked to do, keep them up. And now, is it time for Monaco to go in a different direction again, but maybe a slightly Thierry Henry different direction this year? <clears throat> well, they need to work out, I think, what they're doing with regards to the squad, with regards to transfers. Um, the loan there's, there's, there's 72 contracted players at Monaco. Jesus. Wow. Um, so they, they really need, I think, to be trimming that down. Um, they, they need to work out what they're doing on the transfers. Transfer policy over the last two seasons has let them down. You know, I didn't mind the whole, you know, buy some decent players develop them, make them world-class, sell them for stupid sums of money. Didn't mind that policy. I could get on board with that policy. But, and it, it sort of tied in once they, when they, once they lost uh, Louis Campos, the sort of technical director, if you like, who, who moved to Lille. Um, and, and Michael Emanalo came in from Chelsea. That The players they bought in just weren't at the standard that they were, that they were before. They were, they were too young. They were too raw. Um, and you know, meanwhile, you know, season after season, those those older players were getting older. Um, you know, they've they've not looked particularly good this season. Falcao has just about done enough to keep keep the team up with his with his goals. I think he's got like fifteen goals, which is getting on certainly getting on towards half of Monaco's goals this season. Um, so. It, 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 before they look at changing Jardine, because we know he can do it, I think they need to look at that squad. They need to look at that squad. They need to sell off some of the assets. They need to recruit, but recruit sensibly, which will be a recurring theme for many league and teams, I think, this summer. Um, you know, there's all this talk of, uh, you know, that's come out from, from Monaco, from, from Rybolovlev, from, um, who's the new vice president? Petrov, I think his name is. About you know, well, look at Lille. You know, they had a they had a poor season last year, and they bounced back. It's, it doesn't really work like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you know you weren't in an utter disaster because of Bielsa's antics, and you're not going to have a you know a, a, a steady a steady transfer policy, um, and a, and a slightly steadier hand like Galtier to take them forward. So, 
I think before they pull the plug on on Jardine for the second time, is you know give him give him the summer, see what he can do with regards to transfers, see what you know the new vice president, what input he can have. Um, Emanalo, I think, is still there, or it seems as though he's having his wings clipped to every single opportunity in terms of transfers. Say, Rabelovlev apparently wants more say on transfers. Hell, they may as well just let you know. They may as well let the crown prince have his have his say as well. But um, uh, it, it's it's a mess. It's going to be a messy old summer for Monaco. Um, I don't think they need to be putting any grand plans on. Finishing some, spe- you know, having a spectacular season next season. Let's just steady the ship, and if they can get a, you know, a fairly comfortable mid-table finish, I think that would represent some progress. Yeah, I, I think um, just one thing while we're looking at the results and the finishing positions is the two promoted teams, Nîmes and Reims, uh, finished ninth and eighth. And we're really good to watch. We're good fun. And Durant's obviously finished by beating PSG. Possibly a PSG beating. But, you know, his two books won't say that. Um, 3-1 on the final day. And they're both comfortably top half. Not doing the whole, oh, they could go straight back down again. They've been good good to watch both of those teams throughout the season and have finished up in a really good place which mm. is um which is nice to see i i think a little bit of uh organized chaos which is particularly neem's approach um is uh is a good thing is a good thing to bring yeah yeah i agree and the, the i question, think on, i think on monaco the, there's been a lot of revisionism about Chardin, but Yes, they had a big turnover in the summer, but they did bring in some some players who were supposed mm. to be very good. Golovin apparently was good. Chadley's well experienced. <clears throat> Tiedemann's was an excellent player beforehand and has been very good but since. Mm. Um, so a lot of people have just painted it as poor Jardim. He was dealt such a difficult hand. He had a lot of influence there anyway. He did a terrible job. By all accounts, he'd had enough. He didn't particularly want to be there. Um, and then he came back, and frankly, apart from one month, I still think he engineered coming back was quite influential in only being dumped very unceremoniously. Emanalo has been sacked as well, right, rightly or wrongly. Jardim now has a hell of a lot of influence, and frankly, they haven't been any better the second half of the season. So, you know, if they have a good transfer window, I do think he's a good manager. I don't think that goes overnight, but I think it was a mistake on all parts for him to come back. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't think it's much of a forward step. It was it was almost like you read my mind a bit, Jess, because I was just going to ask you, have Monaco got an identity crisis? And you almost pretty much summed up with that statement, what you were saying about the old and new, the young and, and ageing. I, I wonder if El Tigre might move on this summer as well. I wonder if that might be an area yeah, they're going to have to address. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely will. I, I don't know if they've got an identity crisis. I mean, They've always been a sort of flash club that are going to be able to spend the kind of money that most other clubs can't. And just because of Monaco and the tax system and the glamour of the place possibly attracts sort of stars, but maybe kind of mercenary stars. Um, and I think that's still the case to an extent. I think in a way, Falcao actually has been a sort of... Um, Exception. I think that's what everyone thought he would be, and I think probably in his first Monaco phase, that's exactly what he was. And the sort of chastening experience of flopping at Man United and Chelsea made him come back with a very different attitude, and actually he's been fantastic for them. Mm. But I don't know. I feel like they still. I, yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here. I don't think it's an identity crisis because I think they've been sort of pretty comfortable with the identity they've had, but. It having not worked this year, they need to decide whether to, to carry on doing it. Frankly, it was it was working. They just they had a bad summer for various reasons, yeah. and they just went a little bit too far. But this buying young talents, there's no reason why it can't still work. Just no. don't buy sixteen year olds who've had 
two pro appearances. I was just I was just going to say the one player I really hope we see more of is Pellegri, if that's who you're referring to. I I, I really want because he honestly his time in Italy he he's a wonderfully talented, gifted young footballer. But he's one of those that you only have to follow his Instagram, as I do, shamefully, um, and look at and go, okay, he's been injured. I, I appreciate that probably affects the mental health quite significantly. But his interest seems to be anything but football at the moment, which is a bit, a little bit worrying. Maybe I'm being harsh, but that's just well, how I saw it. I mean, in terms of Pellegrini and Guiri, for example, they have yeah. been unlucky with injuries. But then, you know, Ronald Pierre Gabriel's leaving was left today to join Mainz. Mm. They signed him for six million. Okay, they they've made their money back, but they signed him for six million last summer. He's played four games and he's gone again. And this wasn't some kid they were taking a punt on. He was already a you know a, an established talent at Santa. He deserved a lot better than he got. Mm. I suppose the other problem that Monaco got, and I'll I'll end off the Monaco chat with this. Um, Look at me taking control. Ooh, I don't want that. Um, but uh, no, I, I think the other problem they've got as well is that this summer is probably the first summer, certainly for the last year, probably two, where they haven't got any massively saleable assets anymore. Um, you know, you look at like Gibraltar Stebe would have gone for a fair amount last summer. He certainly won't do this year. Um, I, ca- I, can't, I can't see in that squad... I mean, of course, don't get me wrong, of course there'll be a Premier League club that will be desperate to spend £40 million on Camille Glick. We all know that there will be one out there, probably Arsenal. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I look at that squad mm. as I'm doing in front of me now and I go, how many of those players have enhanced their reputation to the degree that they would be maybe Ronnie Lopez? Anybody else? I, can't, I mean, Jelson Martins maybe has you know, come back, come into the side. And has I'm made still absolutely unconvinced about him. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced. I'm just looking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, even Golovin, as you said earlier, uh, both Rich and Jez said, uh, you know, he's he's gone off a cliff. Um, I like Endoram. I like Masengo as young talents, but they're not they're not going to fetch. They're big too players. young. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, an interesting summer ahead for the Monegasques, um, if indeed Jardimless or not. Um, right, just to run through the other results. By the way, I saw a rumor today that that Lille after a. a a reserve goalkeeper called Leo Jardim, which can yes. <laughs> I thought that was, I honestly thought that was a wind up. I was like, what? Okay. Um, but then again, it's Twitter. So you can never be too sure these days. Um, Yes, other results in the weekend. Uh, we knew Gamgong were gone, uh, as if to draw a line under the point. They lost again uh, away at Omien, who since have lost their coach to Lorient. Hurrah! Uh, Jurassi and Godosh with the goals for Omien, and uh, Bendy with one back. And a uh, pitch invasion at the And end. a pitch invasion, yeah, yeah, which is different. Fun. Um, Angers and St Etienne played out a 1 1 draw in a. Meaningless game, really, for both. Nordan puts uh, the, uh, the the wayside in front before a Moulin own goal. Got the leveller for Angers. We mentioned, obviously, Khan losing at home to Bordeaux. Sankare got the winner. And, of course, we mentioned Dijon's 2-1 win over Toulouse. Saw them into the playoffs. Uh, Marseille signed off their season with a 1-0 win. More on them in just a second. Florian Tovan also likely signing off with a goal. And Mario Balotelli oh. Signing off with a red card, which was nice. Um, Characteristic, I think what, we'd say that was a bad match. Why always me? Uh, bad match. Uh, Strasbourg um, also picked up a, a nice little win to finish off their impressive season. 1-0 uh, away at Nolt, Motiba with a goal. Um, obviously, you know we won't go over our ground, but um, Nolt, uh, given what's gone on there, fantastic season for them to finish where they did which okay 12th doesn't sound like but a lot but when you think of what they've gone through as a club I think that's an incredible performance from them um, Nice obviously beating Monaco we mentioned Nîmes losing at home to Olympic Lyonnais more on them in a second as well uh, Max Cornet um, who's been informed towards the back end of the season with two and uh, Tangyon Dombele with the 90th minute winner in fact they were 2-1 down until the last minute there from Nîmes Repar and Bobby Shaw who else for Nîmes uh, and finally, Rams beating PSG. <laughs> uh, Baba, Kafa- uh, Safaro, Mbappe for PSG and Shavaria with the late goal. I chuckle only because it's just slightly ironic that, you know, 
PSG. It doesn't matter. Um, and by the way, the new shirt's nice. The sponsor is hideous. Uh, Ren also, uh, much to Rich's delight, uh, finishing off their season with a 3-1 win, a season of uh, much fun for you, Mr. Allen. Um, and by Niang with two, Ismail Asar with the other. Uh, his uh, his, his second was Niang, a cracking goal. It was, yes. So, yeah. ooh, they were good. Um, but he's... Uh, that's confirmed now. They've bought him. Yeah. Uh, Ren have met the buyout clause of whoever he was loaned from. Torino. Um, yeah. So he'll be around, which is... Third most yeah. expensive player in Ren's history. He's ah, good for the gaiety of nations. He's, and, uh, he's and a of great God. player to watch. One of the nicest new kits in Europe next season as well, Ren. Oh, Christ, did I say that out loud? Ouch, I feel dirty, but it is a lovely kit. Um, and I think we're all joined together in saying we're all going to be very much looking forward to Lille in the Champions League next year, even with that slightly wonky new strip. I don't know if you've seen that this week. Uh, a certain A. Gibney was not a fan. Um, it's, it's sort of, to paint a picture, ironically, it's kind of a brush strokes, watercolour type of thing with like a... Yeah red top with like a blue brush through the bottom end it's very 80s i'm not sure but we'll reserve judgment till it's worn on the pitch okay. um we mentioned two other clubs in that uh, little roundup there marseille uh sorry jez you've got the short straw um andre villas boas uh he's given up rally driving and he's decided he's going to come back to football what do you make of this because i i can't decide whether i'm when i say excited i Honestly, I'd never been excited about Marseille. But for a club of their size, I look at it and I go, this could be quite entertaining. It, it, it could be a fresh approach. And then I look at it and I go, Chelsea, Villas-Boas. Ooh, wonky. Um, what's your thoughts? What, what, what direction are Marseille looking to go in with this appointment, do you think? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I don't, I don't think it's such a bad appointment in, in some ways, in, in the sense that, I don't think they've gone, you know, usually they, they, they start talking in terms of massive, massive names and possibly this is a little bit more sensible, like a manager with a decent reputation, but not the sort of super manager or something that's kind of beyond their financial means. Um, it, it's difficult to know sort of where he stands because he had such a promising start to his career. But Chelsea... I think he's one of those ones. I don't think he did that badly there, but possibly the expectations were a little bit too high for him. And he sort of went a little bit wayward, did okay in Russia, but it's Russia. And he hasn't done anything at all for a couple of years. So it's it's a risk because he doesn't particularly feel like a, he's been on an upward trajectory recently and he's been out of the game for a while. But he's obviously a very intelligent guy and... I've only sort of, I haven't heard the press conference, I've just read it and apparently he did it all in very good French, which is, I think, a plus point. Um, you know, keep, clearly keeps abreast of, of, of today's football and he certainly spoke a very, very good game in the press conference. So I think he's going to start with a lot of goodwill, um, both with the fans, with the with the bosses, and, and hopefully with the players too. Obviously, the question always with Marseille is how long that goodwill can last, and as as long as things are going well, you know, everyone behind him. But then, it, obviously, it can it can turn very very quickly. Three games um, then, basically. Well, <laughs> possibly. I mean, yeah. um, but also, again, it's a lot in a lot of ways. It's kind of not up to him in the sense that. You know, more so than we were saying before about Monaco, I think Marseille's season next season will turn on who stays, who goes, who they manage to bring in because this, this team is not fit for purpose. There's several players who shouldn't be there. A lot of the ones who shouldn't be there are the ones who are saying they want to be there, so they're not going to go without a fight. Um, yeah, he, he said that he'd quite like to keep uh, Payet and Tova. Well, Payet at his best, if he cares, we know he's a good player, but is he now past his best? Tovan, you'd think, will go, unless no one comes in with the kind of money that Marseille want for him, in which case he might be staying, but Solking is kind of done for a little bit of the second half of the season, I'd suggest. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
yeah, we, we don't know exactly where he is, but he needs to be given the tools to work with. And I'm not 100% convinced he's going to get that. It, it reminds me a lot of what Arsenal did with Unai Emery, almost, where it's like we're taking a manager who has done a pretty good job elsewhere overall, but we're not really sure whether he's here for one year, two years, six months. Do you know what I mean? And it's almost, it almost feels like it's kind of a, let's get somebody in, in who's fairly fashionable, who people know, but we're taking a bit of a gamble in that if it all goes Pete Tong, we can get rid in a year and say that didn't work. If it goes really well, we can say, what a great appointment, look at us. Um, we shall see. Which, which two, two, two things about VS Boas. I was listening to... Uh, one was the football ramble and the other was totally football show. And there's two things that came up on one on either show. <laughs> one was just a minor fact about Vias Boas, and apparently his best friend in the English game yeah. is is Tony Pulis. <laughs> Tony Pulis. I want to his assistant so much. What a relationship that is. <laughs> and the second one, which I thought I can't remember who made it on on the totally football show, was no idea if Vias Boas is a good coach or not. Mm. Yeah, you know he's been he's been around a decent amount of time now. Cause it's scary when you think he's still so young. He's been around a decent amount of time now. I have no idea, and a lot of people it seems have no idea if he is actually a good coach or not. Which sort of fits Marseille because nobody really has any idea what club Marseille are anymore. I know that sounds harsh, but it's probably true. Um, but that's the thing. I think that's the this distinction between Arsenal and Marseille. I think, despite a lot of your fellow fans being ridiculous, the number of tweets I saw last night saying, well, Emery, Emery should be sacked right don't, now. Just don't. I think you are run relatively sensibly and I think Emery has got more pedigree and I think you'd be mad to get rid of him without giving him a couple of seasons to make Absolutely. it a team. Yeah. Villas Boas, I mean, it's not so much him as Marseille. I think they're just a more sort of trigger-happy club. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just I don't think anyone in the club is capable of showing that amount of patience. Mm. The only thing, unless it's kind of very obvious in a sort of Michel style, that he's just useless and unsuited for the job. I just hope that if next season doesn't go quite to, to fans' expectations, yeah, that he'll at least at least people will stop and think: Is this really down to him, or is it down to the two people above him who are clearly useless? Yes, yeah. Or there? Yeah, and, and we, we will see. Um, almost, almost seamless uh, when I mentioned Arsenal. Um, former Arsenal left-back, Silvino Phil, is the new head coach of, of Lyon. Do you see what I did there? It was almost like I planned that. I didn't, listener, but you can pretend. Makes what? me look good. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got Silvino and Juninho written down on the same piece of paper. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, the two of them seem to come as a package. Uh, right. I, I suppose, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have I, jumped the gun be honest, I muted the OL feed because they were tweeting so much about this kind of like who looked like he's from broken social scene. He's, he's, a, he's a dashing man. I haven't mean, really picked back up on that. Both I mean, of them, I, I think, are very, very dashing. They are. Because, you know, he's taking a word of shit, but the man deserves a break. Frankly, mm. so it's good to see him home as well. New or a new couple or something is coming in to deal with the Orlas transfer machine, which is going to be kicking off in a couple of weeks, mm. and we we can imagine how that's going to go. So I I don't know. Oh, who cares? Have Have we actually had confirmation of the fact that Silvino will be the head coach? I mean, oh, that's yeah. fine. Well, yeah. had a big press conference. Else, so. Yeah, because that, that, that's why. Yeah, I because I, I I saw the announcement and it, and it was all head coach, head coach this, and then the more I was reading, I can't remember who it is. I follow somebody who's a very big Leon fan who speaks in 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 perfect French, and I must admit I have to use Google Translate, and it's not the best. How do you know it's perfect French? Well, that's very true, actually. That's very true, <laughs> Jess. Charlie. Drop the bike and leave. That's me done. I'm cooked. But you're absolutely right. But um, I was led to believe then that there were some some suggestions of almost a Houllier. Uh, who is it? Who is he co-manager with at Liverpool that time? Oh, Roy Evans. Roy Evans. Yeah, almost like a bit of a, one of those. And I thought, surely not. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. So, as I understand it, Silvino is the new head coach. Juninho will be overseeing 
sporting affairs, i.e. transfers, and Olas will talk over them both when it suits him. That's how I... Yeah, I, don't, I don't think the issue is who's coaching. I think the issue is who's the sporting director, who's the advisor, who's the recruiter. There's a lot of senior people there. <laughs> there's there? a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, has anybody got any other views on that? I mean, I'm, I'm excited by this because, again, as Phil touched on there, it's going to be a summer of change for Leon. I mean, I think it's fairly widely known now that Tange Underbele is attracting a lot of interest and, and his price is going up and up. But I think Nabil Fakir, probably if there was ever going to be a time to move on now, is that time, sadly, because he won't end up with us. But hey, if someone, um, wants him. If someone wants, well, I'll take him, Jez. I'll drive him myself. I'll literally, he can, he can swim on my back across the channel if he wants. Um, but but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can carry his weight at the moment. I don't know if you can carry mine, that's for sure. <laughs> but but what's what do you think, Jess, why you're there? I mean, what what's your is is this an appointment that excites you or is it one that you look at and you go, hmm, Sylvania? I mean he hasn't got a huge track record, but then that hasn't always bothered other coaches in the past who've come in with the right structure above them and have, have gone on to be brilliant. You look at Nagelsmann, for example, in, in Germany. So are you excited by this or a bit apprehensive for a while? Um, I think I'm excited. Um <laughs> I think it's similar to, to, to Marseille and that there's a bit of unknown there. But again, their press conference, they both spoke, they both talked a very good game. And Silvino clearly is well respected already as a, as a coach, not a head coach, but as a coach within the game. He's already worked with a lot of people, both as a player and a coach. So he should have a decent amount of experience there. Whether that translates to... Uh, you know, be, being a successful head coach is a different matter. We've seen it with, with a lot of people, like people like Paul Clement. Clement. <laughs> it depends if he's in France or not. Paul Clement, or not. Paul Clement, Brian Kidd, people like that, who were such good coaches under someone else and couldn't really take the top job. But they they both spoke in very good terms. Um, Janino was very, very um, sort of clear in... in in his plans for the team, in, in, in terms of how they're going to play, the formation, in, in terms of the, the most important positions that they need to fill or replace. So I think that they both seem kind of level-headed and know exactly where they want to go. And the, the difference with, with Marseille is that they should have, they've already got a few people capable of, of filling in those roles and they should even with the ones they lose as long as they don't lose too many and they're still going on about this sort of two people plus um plus fair care and at the yeah. moment it looks like those two people are going to be and Dombele and Mendy which yeah. is the best thing most people thought it would be um uh Depay and I think yeah. Depay definitely wants to go but Janino said that he wants to keep him so we'll see how that goes I think as long as too many people don't leave um, they're going to have much better tools to work with than Marseille. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's there. There is a step into the unknown, but I'm impressed so far. And, and like you said, every coach has to start somewhere. So, uh, yeah, why not a Lyon? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm led to believe as well. I'm I'm not going to put my head on the chopping block too much with this, uh, and I know it's not a grand statement to say, but. I'm led to believe Leon have quite a good youth academy. Um, <laughs> and apparently there are a couple of players who are shortly off the uh, production line that are likely to be given their legs under, uh, under Silvino. Um, is it, uh, is it Kekore? Is that how you pronounce the midfielders? Yeah. Uh, the midfield, a little bit of, hype around him I wonder if we might see Fakir stay at Leon, but maybe not that one I wonder if his brother might get a chance I didn't realise he was 22 now um, until I saw this the other day I thought he was a lot younger than the Yassine Fakir oh, I think but, he's yeah. quite a big school of thought he's not very good there is that yeah there is that um, Pintor is but the other he one he might have been forward. you know given a role for for purposes. yeah to keep his brother happy and yeah a bit like <laughs> but then there's also like Guerrero, obviously, started the under twenty world quite well. Yeah, and Sole, the centre back as well. That was the other one on my list. Yeah, yeah, that's the other one on my list. Cherky, if he stays. So there's actually there's been some Leon fans complaining that not enough youth players have come through in the last year or two. So maybe they are due another one sort of exploding into the scene. 
Yeah, yeah. Leon fans complaining? No, surely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, right, okay. Well, well, we'll kind of draw a line then under the Ligue 1 season for now for there. Obviously, the on-pitch season. Um, yes, transfer nerds, we will talk about transfers in the summer. Um, we'll have plenty of, uh, plenty of opportunities to address the rumours and whatnot um, about Belgian right-backs, potentially. <laughs> please, please, please make that happen. Um, but until that starts coming thick and fast, we're, we're going to look at team of the season now. Um, and we're going to do our best just to um, to kind of rattle through as best we can our teams of the season. I'm sitting this one out because who the hell cares what I think? Um, I don't. So I'm going to let our panellists do this. I'm going to try and sort mm-hmm. of do it position by position and then we're going to go to our viewers. Um, just to give you a heads up, Phil, I'm quite happy to read the ones that have been tweeted and then you can do the DMs oh, if you like. Uh, I, I didn't see tweets. Ah, there you go. I've got those on my screen now, so I'll do those in a minute. Um, We'll start with the goalkeeper then. Um, are Mike, we all can, I, can I just warn everyone that I've gone with a 3-4-3 three, three formation? I was just going to say, there's going to be somebody God. who's going to cock this formation up. <laughs> right, okay. So for the benefit of Jez... I can probably adapt it, maybe. Can, can you, has everybody else got 4-4-2? Or have they got 4-2-3-1? Or have they got 4-3-3-ish? Three, three, three. Right, they're professionals, so they can move about. You've been out like, they'll, they'll do what I'm told. Yeah. Right, well, also, as, and as Graham Suna said in an interview with Lekip today, tactics are completely overrated and managers aren't important. Oh, as, as an Arsenal <laughs> fan, who cares about tactics? You know, who cares? Um, football's dead to me. Blech. Right, so we're all agreed then. Uh, we're all going to have a goalkeeper. That's a good start. Uh, Mike Magnon. Mike Magnon of Lille. Has anybody got anything different there? Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I've got Benitez as well. <laughs> right, they would the they were the they best defence in the league with only 33 um, uh, conceded, which is behind Paris on 35 conceded. 15 clean sheets, UNFP, Guardian of the Year. Hmm. I know Nice were good, but... Well, I'm going with Benitez because for, for the fact that I thought he was excellent, for starters. I thought the Nice defence was fantastic. I've got Lille players elsewhere in the squad. In my team, spoiler alert there. Plus the fact that he was criminally missed out on the shortlist for goalkeeper of the year uh, at the UN. Oh, yeah, that was unfair. So, but mm. still, I think he's been, he's been better. He's I'm, been I'm, very underrated. I think I'm taking an executive decision as that is my job, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say manual. But I do agree with Rich that Benitez. Going, oh, but you you going elsewhere as well, Jez? No, no, I'm going Benitez as well. Lil. Oh, okay. Lil. Spent a lot of time attacking, and attack is the best form of defence. Nice did not. Are we are we allowed to have a bench? Because we could always rotate our goalkeepers for cup competitions. Well, I've got three other goalkeepers. Oh, for God's sake! Oh, no, not having three. No, <laughs> drawing a line. We've already fifty minutes in. Uh, Honourable no. mentions you can have, but I, I will, okay, I'll quickly mention Edouard Mendy, Anthony Lopez, Benoit Costil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Ariola. I, I would chuck Ariola in there as well, just because I think. Rest of them, Ben. I, I, th- I think Ariola deserves a mention just because he's stepped up as a goalkeeper who's being shafted by a guy who I love, Jan Luigi Buffon, but if, has no if business we being. Don't move on soon, we're going to need an interval. Agreed. Right. Okay. Right back. Fullbacks. Yes. We'll, we'll do fullbacks together uh, if we're going. Four three three. So, Jez, this is where you might have to fudge it a bit. Right and left backs. Uh, Rich, who have you got? Um, probably the same as everybody else. I think left back. We're. Um, I've gone with with Mendy. Mm-hmm. Right back. There's probably two choices. Arguably three. Um, but I plumped for Kenny Lala. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I, I'd agree with both of those, but give an honourable mention for Lucas Lima at uh, Nantes. Yeah, and maybe Matthew Debucci. Am I stretching a bit there? Yeah. I, it, he was well, there's, there's one, and Lala, I, I suspect, I suspect Jez will probably well. yeah. name him, so I'll hand that over to Jez. But I don't think I will because I've doubly fudged it, apart from having my full backs as part of my four in midfield. Wingbacks, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, I've moved Lala to Pay- the left, so I've got Atal and Lala. Yeah, Atal was the other one, yeah. Mm. Paging Michael Cox. Okay. He, he looks right. a player to me, Atal, as well. I'm 
quite a fan. Oh yeah. One of the rare breed of right backs slash left wingers as well. Yeah, <laughs> as as you do. The modern fullback converted uh, from a, a winger. Um, diagonal player. Right. Centre backs. Centre backs. This is where Gil, we all Gilbert, picked Thiago Silva. Yeah? No. Sorry, you were Gil- you were baiting me there. Sorry, I, I, I was baiting you and I was definitely baiting Jez. Yeah. Um, okay, centre-back said, I'll stop baiting. By the way, uh, the vote is Kenny Lala and Ferlon Mendy, I think for me is... Although Zeki Chalik at, at Lille was pretty good as well, just as yeah. a, another honourable mention. Another honorable I actually mention. think all, all Lille's callbacks have been good. I think everyone made a big fuss about Balotelli before he left. And then I think he's been replaced seamlessly by Kone, who's hardly been mentioned, but he's been excellent as well. We got we got a hell of a reserve list. Um, who are we who are we picking at centre back then? Uh, Phil, I'll give you the first two shots on this one. I'm going Jose France and out of a field of three, Marquinhos. Interesting. I have fun to my little notepad in front of me. Uh, Rich, who do you have? Uh, I was tempted with Marquinhos, and then I realised he's play. He has played a. a elements of the season in midfield yeah. so that was that was just cause for me to boot out a PSG player um, so I've got I've got Jose Font as well and um, I have um, I've chucked in a niece oh. I can't decide between Dante and Christoph Harrell yeah uh, on the basis that on the basis it could be Fonte and Dante I, would, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I like that. No, I yeah. that. And if you put Lala in the middle, it sounds like a really crap song from the eighties. Um, yeah, I, I have. I had Harrell written down as a backup as well. I think he's been brilliant this year. I must admit. Um, Jess, who have you got? I'm get, I bet you've got two different ones, haven't you? No, I haven't. Uh-huh. I've got one different one. Oh, I've okay. Got, I've got Font as well, and I'd gone with three Font Marquinhos, but I'm happy to drop Marquinhos out. And the other one I've got, who I think has been really underrated, is Pedro Mendes. Yeah, yeah, good job. Compare his compare Montpellier stats with him in the team and that other team is a massive, massive difference. And I did toy with Hilton as well, but I think Mendes. Yeah, it, to be fair, Hilton was on my list, and then I was like, yeah, no, I, that would be too just hard. just to be playing top level football that age. <laughs> He's I mean, my age. He can manage the team for me. That's fine. Like he could be, you know, coach of the year or manager of this team. That's fine by me. Um, I think. Um, it's a tough one, this. I, I, I think Font obviously definitely gets in. We've all got that vote. I, the Marquinhos one is a tough one because I want to put him in on the, the basis of the fact he can play two positions and we probably need mm. field space. So I'm tempted to say he's probably the one I would go with. Um, but I am torn on Harrell. I'm going to go Marquinhos. Um, but yeah, we could easily have shoveled that around if we wanted to. Um, midfield, we're going, so we're going three. So we'll be playing wingers, I presume. So in that case, who is who is our central? Oh God, no. no, okay. So Rich, who have you got in your midfield? Your three. I, I have gone narrow, narrow, narrow. Um, I've got uh, Teji Savanier, Thiago Mendes, and probably the one that will get ruled out. But I do think he's had a very, very good season. Jan and Veer. Underrated. He's played every single minute this season, apart from one game. That's impressive. That's 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 very impressive. Uh, Jez, who have you got there? Well, this is where my formation stuff things up a little bit. <laughs> um, I've got I've got, got Savanier and Mendes both in there as well. So definitely those two. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. We all know you. We all know everyone's going to pick Mbappe. You can shove him left wing if you want to to make this work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I was, I mean, <laughs> the thing is that in terms of PSG players, there's a lot of fans sort of going further forward. There's a lot of players who sort of were superb for short periods and then sort of blew themselves out. So mm. at, at one point, I'd have had Draxler walking into my midfield. Mm. But mm. in recent months, not so much. Yeah. I, and I, I presume... No, I'm not going to say that because I think I'm jumping the gun. I'll come back to that if anyone mentions it. So we, we're all I'd kind still, of... I mean, I'd still be tempted to have Ndombele, but I, I said it before, I genuinely have been slightly disappointed, particularly by Aoua, but mm. also by Ndombele this year because I think they're both talented enough to be a lot more consistent than they have been. 
I think, our, I think one thing with our which will make me quite excited for next season is he's finished the season I think brilliantly I think yeah. the last sort of three or four games yeah. we saw the hour that we hoped we were going to see more this season so yeah. I think next season because he will stay I think next season without Fekir probably in the team I think we will see him flourish he'll express himself more you know, and that more of a free role potentially have you got anyone different Phil or, 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 I, funny, well, yes. uh, yeah a lot I've but. got Kind of, I've got Savanier, obviously. Yeah. He's a lock for me. Just to, to do that much for a promoted team, it's not just, he's got the highest amount of assists in the league, but he's also top 10 for interceptions. That's a man that works his arse off mm. in a uh, unfashionable team who has put them in the top 10 in their promotion season. That's mm. fantastic. My other ones were Ferrati, yeah, not ever present, but the through balls are still good. And Dobella, yes, but I want to throw a um, kind of hat in the ring for Benjamin Andre. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think he's see why. been very good as well. So as long as Savani is in there, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can decide the other spots. I I think, I think, I think but Roche, those I are the things Roche I'm throwing at. Mm-hmm. I think Rogier has been very good. Yeah, and yeah, at agreed. a very young age, captaining the team again in difficult circumstances. I've got another one as well. Sorry, <laughs> um, Adrian Thomason at Strasbourg. I think's been. Yeah. Very yeah, quietly, very effective. Season. Yeah, eight assists this season as well. Um, okay, I think we're going to lock in. Bear in mind, we've got three to pick here. I think we're going to lock in Savanier. Um, yes. I personally, although it may be the popular choice amongst the hipsters, I think Tango and Dumbele deserves it based mm. upon. Yeah. Mm. Based, no, based no, upon I, I, I would Champions League that. as well. I, I think yeah. he's been, I think, he, I think he has stepped up another level. Um, the third one I'm open to, I, I think Thiago Mendes probably for me is is the one I would just. Well, he's been he's been that metronome in the Lille midfield. You know, yeah. everybody has been talking about those front three slash four. Mm. He's the one that sort of kept things in order and uh, and brought that defence to attack. Yeah, uh, and linked it up so well. So I think he's been another very underrated midfielder. I'm glad we got an honourable mention for Rangier because he has, again, been very under the radar. But and the, other, the other thing about Savanier, of course, is he's managed to achieve something quite un, uh, un, un, unbelievable in that he's a hero at Nîmes despite pretty much living in Montpellier. <laughs> it's quite impressive, isn't it, really? Um, by the way, um, dear listener, I'm quite surprised nobody went for Adrian Rabio in that midfield. I can't <laughs> quite understand. Um, very, very quickly. I still, I'm still not entirely against him. I think he acts like an idiot. I'm not against him. I still him. think when he plays, he plays very well. He played very well at the start of the season. And I still think PSG's biggest mistake was, was dumping. Freezing him out, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, he, 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 he sulks and is a bit of an arse off the pitch, but never really, I don't think, seems to let that affect him when he was playing yeah. no never lets anyone down when he's on the pitch if he was all, if he's on the pitch and you take away all the stuff that, that you know either gave birth to him or follows him around um you know then you could argue he'd walk into most midfields in europe um so well, you look at someone like ban arthur who can be an ass off the pitch and then an ass on the on pitch it. as well <laughs> point, yeah it's <laughs> quite impressive really um oh i love that man Front three. Um, I'm going to buck the trend here, and I'm just going to say, well, I'm assuming we've all got Kylian Mbappe, so there's no yeah, argument there I between think, anybody, is there? Yeah. So it, it's two from, it, it's two out of three to discuss. Have Sorry, we all we got? Not, have we not all got Pepe? I was just going to say, have we all got Pepe. Nicolas Pepe? Yeah, yeah. we have. Okay, yeah. so it, it's the third spot now. Max Allen Gradel. He, he's on my list. Um, as is. Me just jumping in there because he's actually a left winger has 11 goals five assists and has been part of 45 percent of Toulouse's goals this season and i love him a lot yeah it's the assist and that so I've i'm saying gradle um i will chuck angel di maria's name in um as a slightly unpopular choice but i think he's been oh, i don't know if it's that unpopular i, I i've got him as one of two players I could have in that position. 
Yes. Uh, I think he you... is, he's, he's been a big name player that hasn't overly disgraced himself for PSG this season. I think no, he has been, been great. He has been good. He was, he was excellent in that first leg at, uh, you know, at Old Trafford. Mm. I was kind um, of looking at who's in most important for their team because otherwise you're going to end up picking all PSG. Mm. Well, there, there is that. that so we got that any. was... Has anyone got... Uh, certain... We have. We got Mbappe. Has anyone got... Has anyone got a certain uh, a certain Saint Etienne attacking midfielder? For he was my yeah, he was my other one that I'd got. I've got a couple of people. Wabi Kasri and Andy Law out of position. <laughs> yeah, that's wing yeah. Were my other two things, but uh, I'm a bit biased. He's on every list. I ever I think Kasri's yeah. another one who's done barely. It feels like he's barely done anything. Like yeah, but that's yeah. I think thirteen that's goals, seven assists. Uh, this is this is the tough part of the award ceremonies, isn't it? You know, when you, you players pick the players who've been doing well recently, you've got to look at, I guess, across the whole season. But is there any other names you've got there, Jez, that, that have not yet been mentioned? I was torn between Neymar and Di Maria, and hmm. basically let them both play for the first five minutes and work out which one clearly doesn't give a shit that day. Hmm. Get rid of him, keep the other one on. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to stand on ceremony here and say Neymar is not getting in this team because that just seems so wrong that people still so, think he should I be. I mean, I'm happy with Neymar. Yeah, I, I it, it's it is a difficult one. This one, you look down sort of the list of players. I mean, maybe an honourable mention for Jonathan Icone at, at Lille as well. I think, yeah, I think that those those front those front three really. Mm. Have a mention with Jonathan yeah. uh, Bomber as well. Yeah, but I think the thing with Di Maria, of course, is that we've all put him. Some of us have put him left wing, mm. but actually this season as well, he he's played a slightly deeper striker. role. Mm. Yeah, centre forward he, or striker. Well, no, no, no. I think he's played in. He's played more in that midfield three rather than the front three. That's a more like a floating ten almost. He, yeah, well, and he's played better when Neymar hasn't been there. Well, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's he's had to play out of position for him mm. um, for parts of of this season, and I think he's actually performed quite well. I think it'd be very easy for a player like him, who is you know, shall we say, a bit of an indulgence, mm. um, to 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 do as other indulgent players should you know, can do and have done, and throw the toys out the pram if they're not playing in their preferred position. But he hasn't. He, he's mm. knuckled down, worked hard, and and got the results. 11 assists as well, and uh, on top of 12 goals. That's pretty impressive, isn't it, really, when you look at overall season. Um, the, the one I'm glad we, we did get a mention for was, was Jonathan Bamba, who I just I just have a bit of a man crush on. I just love the way he plays football. And, and I think in a, any other season, he would have been Leo's standout man, but obviously Pepe has taken that crown uh, spectacularly. But I think Bamba's been really good. Really, really mm. enjoyed watching him this year. Um, and Bah and, uh, Bahokan at, at Angers is the only other one that I've got on this list in terms of a, a goal-scoring player who just every time I've watched, I've enjoyed, really, for no other reason other than that. Um, but I, I think we're probably going to... Are we going to go with, with Di Maria then? Di Maria, I think, yeah, 12 goals, 11 assists. Mm. Okay, there we go. Done his job, moved around, not bitched, mm. you know. Yeah. If we're only, if we're only playing, um, like, half the games of the season, or maybe even a third of the games of the season... I probably have Ismail Assar, um, yeah. mm. because that feels as though the ratio of good games that he has is sort of one in three. <laughs> um, you could chuck, um, but I, uh, I have to mention him because I haven't actually mentioned a Ren player yet. So I did wonder when it would come. Um, oh. I'd mention him, and and he he has. Sc- I mean, outside, they're, they're outside of outside of league arm, mm. but he has scored some fantastic goals this season. You, you could yeah. also. He's a hugely frustrating player, but if you if you check out his goals that he scored this season, some in the league, but primarily in the in the um, the Europa League run, he has scored some fantastic goals. As has um, Mbaye Young as well. 
you you could chuck in um uh Usman uh Usman Dembele. Uh, Dembele as well, couldn't you? You, you, you certainly could put Usman Dembele in there. Um Dembele's been very, very good towards the end of the season for, for Leon as well. Uh, again, we have to look at the whole season but well, is he is it twenty three goals he's got in all competitions this season? Which I think is a, a very good return for fifteen in league goals alone, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he must be up I think much. he's uh I think he's going to be an integral part of Leon next season as well, providing mm. he stays as well. Yeah, agreed. So, okay. let's get into those on DMs. Twitter. Um, yes, I've got a couple have, of. Have we here. completely uh, disagreed with our followers? Or no, no, you, quite. Uh, can you I'm read guessing. out Rabita's team? Yeah, I was just going to say Rabita's is fantastic. Uh, it is anyone not named Mandanda in goal. So that's quite the field. Uh, Pepe at centre-back, right-back and left-back. So that's good. Pepe in midfield across all three positions. Uh, Pepe up front um, on both wings and Mbappe to complement him. So um, good. Uh, balanced. I like balanced. It. like it. Yeah. Um, we also had one from at the footballing, uh, which actually, uh, ironically, is, is almost spot on where we've gone really, which is uh, Magnol, uh, Marquinhos, Fonte, Lala, Mendy, Mendes, Savanier, and Dumbele, Kazri, Pepe, and, and Mbappe. So only Kazri getting in ahead of um, Di Maria there. Um, mm-hmm. And we also had a, a tweet from um, Thomas, who's at YASAF man. Um, a Flavion Tate mention would be nice. And I wanted to read it out ages I... <laughs> time to tweet us, but also, absolutely, it should be mentioned. No, that's good. Also, um, I was tw- while I was trying to work out my picks earlier, I was running some stats and obviously tweeting out some visualizations. And I got a, a tweet back from Thomas, who is an Angers fan. Mm. He says, I love stats that show how aggressively average we are. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought That's was fun. a very nice way of putting. I like putting that. How exactly? Uh, yeah, I like Angers that. Have finished this. Um, and do give Thomas a, a follow if if you uh, if you're a fan of Angers or if you like something a bit different. He's he's got some lovely spicy tweets. I'm liking your work, Thomas. Good stuff. Um, what have we got in the old DMs, Phil? I've got anything to add to those? I, I haven't checked anything. Ah, um, I shall do it. Hang on, two sorry. seconds. Um, I don't think we did, but uh, it would be rude of me not to check. Um, no, no, we're all clean on the DMs. So that's right. So we've got. Um... At present, last <clears throat> shot in the playoff is nil-nil at half time. Indeed. So that's going to continue tonight, Thursday. I think the return leg is on Sunday, and then obviously after that, we're all World Cup crazy. Yes, and uh, yes, we've got so. the Women's World Cup, and we've got the Under Twenty-One. Are we? Are uh, we just going to have a quick recap of the uh, of the eleven that we? Sort of, yes. sort of came up with absolutely yeah. yes we should do that uh, so Mike Magnon in goal of Lille yeah. um, centre backs of Marquinhos and Jose Font mm-hmm. um, full backs of Kelly Lala and Furlong Mendy of uh, Strasbourg and Lyon respectively midfield three of Savanier and did, did I forgot already Thiago Mendes and Dombele and Thiago Mendes I thought we all dropped Marquinhos no we, we got him in no, in the we... end yeah it was it was a shot between him or Ural, and I, I made the call of Marquinhos just, just to get him in the team. So, uh, yeah, got our vote on that one. Um, and the front three of Nicolas Pepe of Lille, Kylian Mbappe, some teenage lad. He'll, it'll never work. Uh, and Ankel Di Maria of PSG. Mm. And all the honourable mentions possible for everyone. So, uh, yeah, enjoy those. <laughs> um, but, yes... Um, we will be across uh, all the various bits and bobs uh, across across uh, across the summer. Women's World Cup will be, of course, front and centre of that, which gets underway on the seventh uh, of June. We have a piece up on the website, which is if anybody is planning to come over and come down to Montpellier, I have a city guide up. And if actually, if you need tickets for any of the Billy games, get in touch. Uh, but you can look at that there, and hopefully, we will be finding a uh, 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 what's it called a wall chart at some point. If I have to draw this damn thing myself, <laughs> we're gonna have a wall chart. I can't find a good one, you know, not you know, a nice one like the, if we, the men. If we can't so, find it, we will yeah. build it. Um, yes, and they will come. And we've so, got the 
we've got the uh, I always say under 21s I always get it wrong it's the under 20s, 20s. World Cup is uh, yeah. underway already um, nice win for Norway under 20s tonight uh, beat Honduras 12-0 yeah, so that was a thing. and one player. One player. I saw got nine of them. Yes, and yeah, and I think he's now on Wikipedia yes. as the that owner means. of the Honduras under twenty side. Yeah, may get deleted. I th- think he might. Soon. He yeah. might be gone from that job uh, sooner rather than later if he hasn't already gone. <laughs> um, but hey, it's Honduras is under twenties. You know they're building. Um, France under twenties. Um, they beat Panama. By two goals to nil, uh, Zagadou. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Cuisance. Is that right? I, I I always butcher that. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Jess. That's why you're a pro and I am a mere host. Um, but yeah, they got a, a tuna win over Panama, which I believe is on Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Um, so three to the next round. They are indeed. Yes, that was their third and final game. If I'm not second. mistaken, second. Sorry, beat Saudi Arabia in the uh, opening game two two nil. I think that one was well. It was while uh, the French women, I think, in their opening friendly, beat Thailand three nil. Uh, all three goals coming in the second half. It wasn't particularly edifying, but whatever. Lots it's going on. Fine. Lots going on. We'll um, we'll keep you across both respective competitions um, over the summer. And as I say, as of yet, we we we'll go into the boardroom in the coming days um, and discuss our plans for the summer. But plans will be to to continue podding. Um, I'm sure a few of us will be holidaying at various points in time. Uh, I certainly hope to be. Um, so uh, we'll try and sort of squidge in. It might be two or three man pods one week it might be a week off here and there but stay tuned to our uh, our twitter feed we'll keep you abreast and obviously if there is um particular transfers you want us to address we're not going to turn into uh sky sports news french over the over the summer we don't want to talk transfers the whole summer but obviously if there are big moves in or out of of league r jim blanc jim (laughs) yes indeed like that um we'll discuss those and i'm sure there'll be plenty of uh premier league supporting fans who will be asking us uh, who this bloke out of the Farmers League is. So I'm sure we'll address those <laughs> as they come in thick and fast. I've already had plenty of mini air timeline uh, interactions tonight, uh, which make me want to throw myself out of out of a building. Anyway, um, I think that will do us for this week. Bit of a bit of a bumper episode, but we wanted to uh, to get some something out for you this week that was nice and juicy. So um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, as usual, you can find us on the, uh, the various platforms where you know we find us on Twitter and, of course, via the website where, as Phil said, there will be that uh, article to read as well. But until next week, whenever we shall record again next week, we'll let you know. Uh, thank you very much, Phil, for being here this evening. Thank you. And thank you very much to Jazz. Thank you. And thank you very much to Rich. Thank you very much. And uh, until then... Don't enjoy your French football because there isn't much going on. Apart from internationals, of course. I didn't forget those. Uh, Until next week, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your tweets and your support. And we'll speak to you very soon.